You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. I think the next thing we should discuss, um, or else we're going to be here till 3 a.m. Yeah, like what, what we are at the <laughs> just Seder, like just like Pesach. <laughs> but I think if you go to the last, uh, one of the last paragraphs in um in in magid and 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 let's read uh, I, I think this this paragraph says says it all bechol dor vador this is the goal of magid so have this in mind the entire magid the bechol dor vador, bechol dor vador in every right. generation you ready every, you're gonna read it yeah i'll read okay, it go for it in every generation one is obliged to regard himself as though he himself had actually gone out from egypt as it says you shall tell your son on that day saying for the sake of this, Hashem did so for me when I went out from Egypt. Not only our fathers did the Holy One bless as He redeemed, but also did He redeem with, uh, but also did He redeem with them, as it says. And He brought us out from there so that He might bring us and give us the land which He had promised to our fathers. Us, me. It's all about us, we, the people at this Seder. We're going to, this is the goal of the Seder, to experience something together that is real for us, that can give us the confidence to know we can get out of anything. Why? Because look what God did for our forefathers, and he did it for us also, and he's going to do it again, he's going to do it again. And this is like, this is the goal. This is the goal. It has right. to, you have to experience it, and you have to see it's about you. It's about this generation, right? right? Everyone at this seder. Yes, it's not a. So that's back one thing to my I learned. Housekeeper, hey, I'm not telling her that God took my ancestors out of Egypt. God took me out of Egypt. Right. Understand? It yeah. has to be a real, like Rabbi Walter was saying. It has to be for us. The whole door door in every generation, a person should see as if he exited from Egypt. Then she'll really think you're crazy. <laughs> but she that's think crazy as is. It's fine. That's <laughs> the first thing that you guys taught me. So when I was learning the holidays, was that we don't commemorate past events. No. We experience those things as our forefathers did in every generation. Right. And they, in, in fact, I, I, I was always familiar with that concept. And you're right. It's probably one of the first things that will, you know, anyone is taught. You have to understand there's a different approach to when we talk about history. There's a different approach. But I was just, I was just learning that, in fact, that energy that we're tapping into so the way it's normally taught is you're tapping into that ancient energy or that energy that was put into that time. But in fact, that energy is intensifying each time. It's getting greater. So this feeling of freedom can actually affect us on a greater level. And that's, that's exactly what this is saying, is that you, right. can, you can reach even higher heights. You can get to even greater places, right? We, right. The, they had challenges back then, but they didn't have cell phones and they didn't have the internet. Right? right. So our generation has its own unique challenges. In fact, much greater challenges that were never presented to generations before us. And to understand that you can break yeah. free from all of that. When we're talking about breaking free from Egypt, use that as a model for the fact that we could break through from even greater challenges. And I think the whole telling of the 10 plagues and how God is is behind all of nature is probably more important as the generations progress because the more we have gotten a discovered how nature works a lot of the world sort of says these things just are governed by themselves they run by themselves and we also probably need that visceral reminder that 
God is orchestrating all of nature, that he's behind all that. Is that yeah. part of the idea 100%. too? 100%. It's the central idea of Magid, is the 10 plagues and the story of the Exodus. The story of the Exodus is the story of the 10 plagues. Yeah. Right? Is the story of God's complete, complete control over nature. And the fact that there really is no such thing as nature, right? The right. Nile River is only a river full of water because that's the way that God wills it to be. Right. And if he flips it to blood, then it flips to blood. Right. Whatever you know, God's will is. There's no such thing as nature. And that's, that's like, that is where the Haggadah okay. needs to get you to. And you know, as much of a command as we think we have over nature, the Egyptians had a pretty crazy command over nature. It, the idea that they were, um, they were, they were sorcerers, they were um, extremely skilled in black magic. And this is not a, it's not a, um, it's not like a fairy tale or anything. They literally describe, I mean, the Medrash describes that, or actually, I think the verse themselves describe yeah. that the sorcerers were mimicking and imitating whatever Moshe, whatever Moses was able to effect through God's will over the land of Egypt. They were mimicking the same effect. If yes. the water turned to blood, they could turn the water into blood. They were able to match in pace per pace, all along, well, up until a certain point. And then they, they discovered they weren't able to, to match him any longer. And then they said to Paro, they admitted defeat, and they're like, this is must be God's finger because we can't, we can't, we can't do, we can't match this anymore. So all Paro must have thought at that point is okay. Then Moses is just a greater sorcerer than my own, than my own court. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. But they had an right. extremely high, uh, um, extremely heavy command over nature. So we may think that we have a pretty strong command today. They did too, and they were still astounded by God's, um, by God's omnipotent command um, over nature. I don't want to get into this too much, but the, um, like you were saying, the whole purpose is just to realize that God's in control of everything. The, the world was created, our sages told us, with 10 sayings, that God created the world, so to speak, in 10 stages. Right. And what our sages also teach us is that the 10 plagues were a reversal of that, that each one of the plagues parallels coming backwards, an unraveling of creation to the right. point where every stage of reality that had been built had it all been unraveled and the illusion was dispelled until the point where we just said, look, it, it's God. It's just God. Wow. Okay. And then you had those Ten Commandments that brought it back. Right, our, sages, our sages do eye for an eye on, right. on, the, on the utterance that, would, that created the plague that diffused it. And then the, the, ten, the, ten, the one of those Ten Commandments that brought it back. Are they, are they really linked one for one? Yeah, one for uh, one. You can draw a correlation there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a whole night to figure out which. It's a fascinating exercise. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so you yeah. end. The next thing that you get to is you make a blessing at the end of Magid. That's a big one. Okay. It's a blessing. This is like culmination of Magid is thank you, Hashem, for taking us out of Egypt. I know we could face any challenge because we know that that, that fact happened. That was true. Right. And we have you with us every step of the way. Thank you, Hashem. Right? Okay. And then you drink the second cup of wine. First cup of wine you drank at? Kiddush. Kiddush. Right. Originally. Okay. Now here's your second cup of wine. You drink the cups of wine. By the way, I don't Page know if we mentioned it. We mentioned we mentioned leaning like, uh, like royalty. Right. When you drink the cups of wine, it's very important to lean. And it's hard to do. You, have to, uh, you may have to practice with a few cups of wine before. Right? <laughs> but to be able to lean... And drink a cup of wine and not spill it all over your... It doesn't, it, also, it doesn't matter how you voted. You have to lean left. You, you have to lean left. Yes. <laughs> you have to lean left. But we lean to the left. And that's it's, it's an important element in the mitzvahs that we do. The mitzvahs that we do that 
come along with leaning yeah. because it's the complete picture of setting setting the tone, each mitzvah. So the ones that we're meant to do while leaning, when the Haggadah says we do this while leaning, yeah. usually there's some instructions there. It's important. Right. right. It's important to lean and to be to view ourselves. We're 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 transforming ourselves. Part yeah. of the experience. It's part of the experience, part of the transformation that's going on. Okay, what's the next uh, the next element of the Seder? <clears throat> um we recite the blessing and we, we eat, correct? What's right before, what's the one right before, before that. Magids uh, and then Oh, uh Rokzo. Uh huh. Okay, which is washing the hands for the meal. Now this is your classic washing the hands before okay. you eat the blessing. With the with blessing, the blessing before you blessing. eat bread, because you are about to eat matzah. Okay. For many, this is like hours and hours since you ate your piece of celery. Right. right. But uh, but yes, you're about to eat matzah, and it really the anticipation has been building because we've been talking about it so much. Right. We've been talking the whole maggot about the fact that they were slaves and they ate matzah and they left and they left fast and they left quick and they had matzah on their backs baking and now you're ready to eat it. Right. Okay. So that's the section of motzi matzah. Okay. Right. You're gonna make the you're gonna make the blessing. Okay. You can get into the technical. You want to get? You want to do the process of making this blessing? Sure. Okay. So when you make hamotzi, what you're going to do is you have your stack of matzahs, like Cohen, the levy, which has now been cracked in half already. Right. The other half is hidden away, and then the bottom one is also whole. So when you're gonna make hamotzi. Just like any time you make hamotzi, ideally you should have all 10 fingers on the bread. Okay. You lift it up when you say Hashem's name and you lift up the whole stack. And the reason you lift up the whole stack is anytime we make hamotzi on a Shabbos or on a Yom Tov, we have what's called Lechem Mishnah, doubled bread. Mm -hmm. We have two whole pieces of bread. Right. So really it would be enough theoretically just to have the top and the broken middle piece. That's two. But we want two full whole pieces of bread. That's why we have the bottom one. Okay. So we hold that up. We make the regular blessing of hamotzi. Okay. And once we've done that, we've already eliminated the need for the bottom matzah. Okay. Because we made hamotzi already. So that you can drop right after you make hamotzi, but don't eat anything yet. Okay. So now you're holding the top matzah and the middle broken piece. Now you make your blessing of al achilas matzah. That's okay. the specific mitzvah of eating matzah. So that goes together, the one after the other. First hamotzi, and then alechilas matzah. Then these two matzahs that you're holding, you want to eat a very significant portion, let's leave it at that, of both of the top matzah and okay. that middle cracked matzah together. You want to eat them both at the same time. As we've been talking about this, the culmination of the top matzah, which represents the royalty and, uh, and the leaving of Egypt, and that broken piece of matzah on the bottom, which represents lechem oni, the bread of affliction. You eat okay. them both simultaneously together. Um, we'll go into the reasons that, that technically why you have to eat them together, but that's at least one so, idea. So everyone needs yeah. to eat a, a certain measurement of matzah, but there might not be in that one and a half that's left yeah. for everyone. So what you could do is you give them a piece of the of the top and the middle. Okay. And then you can add from a different piece of matzah to make that that measurement. Gotcha. If you want in the in the uh show notes. In, in, yeah, in the notes below, we'll have a link for the measurement so people can print out on an eight and a half by eleven. Uh, you can print out. I have it uh, printable, so we'll add it as a PDF. We can just link to it in the comments right. section. Okay. 
You were definitely prepared. <clears throat> well, many years ago I was prepared. <laughs> All right, so now the uh, the bitter herbs. It's also before, I just like, here's like a pro tip. Okay. That I learned from a pro. Okay. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. You're, you have, we're going to have a number of mitzvahs that we're going to do yeah. right now. Eating. They all involve eating. It's great. You're going to need some supplies, right? Right. Have them readily available. So if everyone's going to be eating a half a matzah or three quarters of a matzah, if everyone at the table is going to be eating that amount of matzah, have the matzah on the table, right? Let's right. not, don't make the blessing and then be like, oh, now we need to kind of like set yourself up for success, right? right. So even split up. Not your the matzahs that you're holding as the leader of the seder, but everyone can have matzah in front of them, so it's readily available. Right. Maror as well. Maror can follow the mat is going to follow immediately following the matzah, right? Right. So bring out bring out the maror and get it ready. If everyone gets their portion of maror set up, you're kind of ready to do the mitzvah, and yeah. these these are these are meant to be done. Really, you have. Three three mitzvahs here. Okay. You have the mitzvah of matzah. Mm-hmm. Then we have maror, which is the next step in the 15 steps. Yep. And then you have korach, right? Which is the sandwich, the matzah and maror combination. Right. Okay. Those are three mitzvahs. Ideally, one should not talk about other things besides for the mitzvah that you're in the middle of doing. Yeah. During, during while you're doing these, even in between these steps. So they kind of look at them as three steps, but let's bundle them together. And so that takes some preparation. It means you're going to talk through the three steps before you actually go through them. This is what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's aware. Everyone's got their matzah set up. Everyone's got the right amount. Okay, any questions? Do we want to put, you know, okay, everyone's got their maror set up. Great. And then we're going to take the same, you know, talk about the sizes, however much it is. But kind of get yourself set up so that you don't need to talk because this is really one big mitzvah. Here. Right. You should okay. really get set up before you wash, you know, because it's best not to talk after you wash. There's another right. pro tip that I would like to share that you reminded me yeah. of that I've done in previous years when if we would have a big Seder, uh, it can get it can take 25 minutes to give everybody the matzah the right size. So what we right. did was we had Ziploc bags that before Pesach. One of my children, that was their job, is to measure out the, the measurements that they will need for motzi matzah. Okay. That they will need for mora, for right? For even the mora amounts, we would have these little shot glasses because yeah. we had the ground, uh, what is it called? Grated horseradish. The grated horseradish was oh, wow. really bitter. So we would have the right close. amount of, of, of measurement in like these little shot glasses. So everyone had it by their seat ready to go. Oh, I didn't realize. So it's a really precise measurement everyone yeah, needs to have. Yes, right. Okay. Any now, eating that we're doing is even the leaves have it all prepared. So everyone just this is your package. Everyone has their thing by their plates. Amazing. As soon as okay. we're done with the magids, everyone will get their their setup. Okay. You mentioned what could be used from her. We'll, uh, we'll get there. In a second. It doesn't have to be so precise. There's a minimum amount. Okay. Right? And for for matzah, it's surprisingly large because the the minimum amount goes by volume and not density. So for bread. It's really not so much bread, but for matzah, it's actually a lot right. because it's very thin yeah. and, uh, and very dense. So just as a very, uh, you know, a rough guideline, if you have machine matzah, shmura matzah, that's machine matzah, at least a half of a full piece of matzah is, uh, is the minimum requirement for each uh, session of eating. Yeah. And if you've got the round handmade matzahs, some are a little bit thicker. If it's a little bit thicker one, about two thirds 
of that matzah and if it's a very thin matzah, so then at least three quarters of it. Okay. So you're eating, I mean, if you're thinking about it, you're almost eating for matzah, you're eating almost a whole round shmura matzah, right? Right. Okay, two thirds. Uh, and then you're doing maror. You're having a, a certain amount of maror. And then you're doing that matzah again, that same amount as a sandwich with maror, right? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot. And so, yeah. so to prepare, I think, I think the best way to do this is, okay, let's get the technical details. Let's make sure we all fulfill our halachic obligation. Yeah. Make sure we're eating, you know, the minimum amount. Good. We got that prepared in front of us. Now, before we wash our hands, can we have a discussion about what's going to be in our mind when we're eating the matzah? Can right. we have a discussion about what's going to be in our mind when we're going to eat the maror? Because before maror, it's not appropriate to have that discussion. Let's have all the let's have those discussions here, right? Okay. Let's talk. Let's get some clear idea what's going to be in my mind for matzah, what's going to be in my mind for maror, and what's going to be in my mind when I have the sandwich. After that, it's free game. After you go back to ex expounding and talking and talking freely, you're going to enter into the meal portion of the Haggadah. Right. But for these three, you really have to look at them as bundled, and we don't want to get distracted because this is the experience. We're talking about right. experiential. We're talking about experiencing right here. We're eating it. We're taking that experience and putting it to the deepest part of us, inside of our body. Yeah. We're becoming one, literally, with the experience. Right. Right. This is not in the mind anymore. We're now exercising all different parts of the body. So have that discussion before we wash our hands. Let's let's stop for a minute. We talked a lot during the Haggadah about what was Egypt and what was matzah and what is mara and what was bitter. Let's let's get let's get it down into one line that we can imagine and think about if you can have two or three, but let's yeah. get it down into something that we can something succinct that we can think about while we're eating. Right. I think it's also okay. very important because of all the preparation that people put into preparing for Pesach. Uh, sometimes uh, people can get very high strung. They're hungry. It's been a long day, a long several weeks preparing leading up to Pesach. And it comes the Seder night and sometimes people can be on edge. People, That's not the right time for it. Okay. There, it's not ever a right time for it, but you can go listen to the Muster classes. But uh, the, but the, the, this, specifically, the Seder time is a time to, to have overwhelming joy, yeah. but also a time to have patience because you can have people there, you can ask questions. You don't want to be, I don't have time, let's go, let's go, let's, you know. The idea is for this to be a time, we can do that every other time of the year, we can rush to go eat. Now, the idea is we're rushing to tell the story. Right. And when, we shouldn't feel that, yeah. you know, that, that somebody is, if you need to sleep beforehand, sleep before the Seder. Right, you know, in the afternoon, yeah. if a person needs to eat during the afternoon, eat in the afternoon. Don't come in like you know. Come prepared. Like, yeah, exactly. So like Dan said, it's much easier this year. We have Shabbos. It's beautiful. Right. It's Amazing. Cool. You get to rest a little. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no last. There is a last minute rush, but it's on Friday. So the. Right. So there's no last minute. There's none of that. You know, erev Pesach, the day before Pesach, which you, normally it would. All your last minute cooking and everything. Like that. No, you come in. We're gonna come in. I think with a different air of an air of relaxation. Yeah. Coming in out of Shabbos. Now it might stress that might that idea might stress some people out that they didn't get that last minute <laughs> preparation. But uh but start now. Okay, so you got the you got the you got we did our three mitzvahs. I, yeah. I don't think we necessarily covered every idea about within those mitzvahs. Mara, we didn't do. Oh, okay, so let's go back to Mara. Sorry. Okay. First of all, technically, like what are we allowed to eat? What what can what does Mara consist of? 
I'm going to ask you here. Yeah. The, traditionally, there are two things that are used for Mara. Uh, horseradish. Uh, if you want to get, you know, real strong about it, you get like a root of that white horseradish and grind it yourself. Then you, for me personally, I like it that it hurts because that's the whole point. Right, it should feel bitter. Again, like you feel it in your brain, like yeah. you, like your skull hurts. Yeah, yeah. you're crying. You the yeah. whole the point is that you should really feel it. That's the idea. People try to minimize it. I like to maximize the feeling. I think people are concerned they're not going to recover in time. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm with you on that. And and you know, some people just want to have lettuce, and that can also suffice. But I I, I agree with Rabbi Bosco. Like you want to feel it. Feel it, right? So well, what was the slavery like? What was the pain like? Get into it. Cry. Shed some tears. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not so bad. And as Rabbi Wilby just mentioned, lettuce is the other traditional. Uh, Specifically, any specific kinds? Uh, romaine. Romaine. Romaine lettuce. And that's because at the root of the lettuce, it's very, very bitter. So even if you're not actually re eating the root, you're eating you're, the Okay, you're the not leaves eating the leafy itself. part. You're eating. No, the, you're eating no. the leafy part. But since right. the root itself is very bitter, then I guess. The whole thing does count. Right. But be warned, if you're using lettuce, as we mentioned before, on a technical note, it's measured by volume. You need a lot of lettuce, way more than you would think. So you pack it all up. A lot of spoon. leaves, a lot of leaves of lettuce, right? If you're, right. That's very thin. It doesn't yeah. take up a lot of room. So um, you need a lot. But if you can mix with, uh, another pro tip, you can mix You can mix and match marors, right? Okay. So you can have a nice amount of the leaves, but if you want to get that feeling without you know, your head exploding, right. um, if you'd like that experience, then you can do that with the grated horseradish um mara shouldn't be sweetened necessarily with anything else right so right. some people use like the uh grain right like the purple okay. stuff the purple horseradish from yeah. the can that has too much other stuff in it let's go for the pure maror and uh and keep it real like like we've been doing for thousands of years right? okay and there's one more ingredient um the charosas which is actually also on the seder plate the kaara and the charosas is meant to um, remind us of the bricks and the mortar that they had to work with to build the, probably the pyramids actually, for the Egyptians in um, during the, the the enslavement. Okay. The charosas would consist generally of like what ground up apples, um, some nuts, and maybe some wine. Mm -hmm. That pretty much be it. And um, when you eat the mar, when you eat the bitter herbs, the first time you would dip it in. And the second time when you make the sandwich for korech, you would dip the entire sandwich in a little bit. And eat it all together. And a little, and a little bit of. Oh, the charosas. You'd be okay. dipping the sandwich in the charosas, or you'd be dipping the mara in. Try okay. to get a little bit on when you eat it. Yeah, but, but again, like Rabbi Wogelanter said, when you put the charosas on, we don't want to sweeten it too much. So you do dip yeah. it in, but you specifically shake it off. Yeah, if you're getting a lot of it, like the chunky part, you don't want the chunky. There's part. There's symbolism in that also. Okay. Well, the whole you gotta come to the, with symbolism. You gotta come to the. You gotta come part to the two. seder to get the but, whole but thing. But there are. There's. But yeah, even with the. Horseradish, there's a minimum amount of quantity that everyone needs to eat. Correct. Yes. yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. We'll get you that. We'll get you that. It'll be, okay. it'll be very clear. You'll In the comments exactly box what it below. Is. You'll see exactly what it is. Okay. What's All the right. next? Uh, you got those three. Those are your big so, three experiences. Motsi, yeah. matzah, moror, korech. Korech is the hill burger. Right. We just did that. Right. Uh, the shakon orech. Right. So shakon orech is the actual meal. But again, we're going to have one. Which is the moror, which is totally the bitter herbs, no matzah, no nothing. Just okay. you don't lean. Then you have the 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 korech, the hillo burger. We okay. have two pieces of matzah, also measured. You have that with with moror in it. Okay. And that you do lean for. 
Okay. Okay. And that's because the verse explicitly states that you should eat the carbon Pesach, cheat the pa- the Passover sacrifice with mar and matzah. And since um, Hillel was still was alive while the while the temple was still standing, and he was eating the 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 sacrifice, he would make a sandwich of all three things. Okay. And that one you could put harosis in. You can you can pack it up with some sweet stuff. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. That's not excellent. Dessert, now you're up to the meal. All right. Notice that it's one of the 15 stages. It's not just a happenstance. It just happens to be that we have a meal, right? Right. It's a holiday. You have a holiday meal, right? Right. I mean, it's a Seder. Yeah. Right. If you didn't have a meal, who would show up, right? <laughs> so, but it's one of the it's one of the steps. Right. So that that kind of puts a uh, gets you in the frame of mind that like don't allow the meal to become a distraction from what we're trying to experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's a great time to come back to questions that maybe you wanted to keep certain parts moving before right. earlier, right. but someone asked a really insightful question, or if they didn't, come prepared, right? Even if there aren't kids at your Seder, come prepared with some you know, impactful questions. Keep the focus. We're in the, yeah. it's, it's literally in the middle of this experience is yeah. the meal. So keep the focus. It's a holiday meal. It's festive. It's happy. And it's meant to be that way. But keep the focus. So if someone asks a question, I don't know the answer. I say, that's a good question to come back. Come back for the meal. Hope they forget. Very good. (laughs) So one of the things that I like to do with my children, and uh, this is another pro tip for those who are still watching this video now. Um, So what I tell my children is I, I will give you a special treat for every question you ask. I want to encourage them to ask right. questions. And I think it's not only for the Seder because you want to, you know, talk about this this redemption and this, but you also want to encourage your children in general to be inquisitive and right. to ask questions in life. Yes. And it's a very important time for them to just be thinking of interesting new perspectives and, and, and you know, gain a deeper understanding of the Seder. Great. So I tell them, ask as many questions as you can. Even if you have to bribe them. That's right. No, bribery is good. It works. Yeah. Which is why the Torah says you can't do it. The, Tal- <laughs> the Talmud already describes bribing kids at the Seder, right? Keeping yes. them engaged with fruits yeah. and nuts and candy, whatever. I mean, whatever works, right? right. Mm-hmm. Those are the suggestions that the Talmud gives. But you got to keep the kids engaged. So, yeah, you got to be creative if there's kids at the Seder. And then if there's adults at the Seder, sometimes you have to be more creative. But, right. Another another just a very important thing to, to, re- to just keep in the back of our mind. Every one of our great, 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 great grandparents had a Pesach Seder every year in which they discussed the exact same things and were trying to internalize the same exact messages. Right. And I think it's, it's an unbelievable thing. You think about it. It's like you imagine your great grandfather was doing the same exact thing, preparing for the Seder, right. preparing the matzah and the moror and everything, cleaning the house. Like each one of our grandparents, is, is, it's an unbelievable thing. Right. And now we're imparting this to our children, right? It's such a powerful and important moment. You could study the Talmud from 1,500 years ago and recognize the same elements of your preparation and your experience that you have every year. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, we're in the middle of the meal, which right. sounds like a great time to just let loose and eat and enjoy. But keep in mind that you have more matzah to eat. Dessert. <laughs> you have more matzah to eat. Rabbi Chaim, how much matzah? It oh. depends what kind of matzah you have. Okay. Well, one kazak, right? So the, the same parameters that we gave earlier, if it's machine matzah, you're going to do at least a half. Hand-make matzah, depends if it's thick, then two-thirds, thinner, three-quarters. Okay. See your, see your size sheet uh, in, the, uh, in the notes. Okay. 
So you're, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's very handy. Click and it's subscribe. Good Click subscribe. <laughs> it's very handy to think it through. So that's really Smash the next like section. Button. What is it called there? Tsa? Even more subtle. Slam that like button. So, uh, Safoon? Safoon, yeah. Safoon is eating the afikoman. Okay. Okay, eating the afikoman is just, just that. Eating the afikoman. Okay. Right? We eat it while leaning, praying in our hearts, probably what we should be doing. Right. Praying in our hearts for the ultimate time when we are able to eat the Paschal lamb. Right. The Karban Pesach. The rebuilding in, of the temple. In the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Right? This is really, I think, the switch from in the Haggadah. This is the switch from talking about the past to really focusing on the future and what we're yearning for. Right. Understanding that, yes. We're free and we've been redeemed and it's all true. But there's something even better than where we are. Right. 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 There's something even better coming and yearning for that. The world um, to come. And that's that's really Tsafun is that that hidden element, the part that's hidden away for the future. Tsafun means hidden. Tsafun means okay. hidden. The actual oh, word, like yeah. the Afikoman was hidden right. from the beginning of the Seder. Okay. Another piece of symbolism, right? Right. That we hid it away knowing that it'll be there. It'll be there. We have to get there, but it'll be there. Right. And so yearning for that, we move, I think, into the next part of the Haggadah. Okay. It's really like the flow. If you want to talk about a flow, these are not, you know, individual 15 steps. There's a right. real flow here. And just yeah. note that you have to wait till you get to this point to eat the Afikoma. You have to go through the process. You have to go right. through the journey. You have to go through this experience in order to reach this moment when you finally can partake of it. Which is, this is like... Uh, the life of an individual all wrapped up into yeah. an evening. Yeah. A technical note, after you eat the afikoman, no more eating anything for the rest of the night. You should go to sleep with the taste of the afikoman on your mouth. If you need to drink something, you can drink water because it doesn't affect the flavor. But this is the last thing you eat. So if you want your candy or dessert, so have it before the afikoman. Okay. Right. And it w you will drink the last two cups of wine following the afikoman. Okay. Awesome. And... Um, Following the Afghan thought? Yes. You can't get, have the wine. No, the, 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 wine, the wine is part of the meal. Okay. We're going to get up to it now. Is there something, why lean to the left? Is there something to do about the suppressing of judgment or is there something to, what's the, the whole? The reason the Talmud gives is very, is very practical. Okay. Because the way our physiology is. Okay. If you would lean to the right, so then food would, is more prone to going into your windpipe and choking. And that's not When good. you lean to the left. <laughs> Wow. It's, it goes down the esophagus easier. So lean I'm sure there are so deeper brilliant. reasons. Even lean Talmud, safely. I, I love it. Lean safely just have like, is the motto. Okay. Even, lean the Talmud, safely. even the Talmud has pro tips. Yeah. That's amazing. Just the, the level of understanding the human anatomy. Yeah. There must be more to it. Uh, that's a good reason right there. Not yeah. joking. We can stop right there. Right. <laughs> I'm good with that. Very good. Okay. Next, the next section. Barech. Barech, which is. Uh, now, is this, is this different, the Burkos homozone? It's the same Burkos homozone okay. with the additions of the holiday. So okay. We'll and, Yavo, and we'll add for Pesach, everything that's added for Pesach. I think there's also a specific addition for the Seder night. If you look at the actual uh, text. Okay. And it's typically, it's all, it's all built into the Haggadah. Mm -hmm. Right. It is. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's in there. If it's not in there, you, get a, you should get a refund. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? If your Haggadah doesn't know that it's Pesach. <laughs> so uh, now the next is Hillel, which I understand that this is like a, which I never understood exactly what it is, or, or but this is a mitzvah itself, which I, is it rabbinic? 
Yes. Okay. It's giving praise to God for everything that we've experienced and okay. we continue to experience. Okay. Next, Nirza. Right. And then, yeah, the Nirza. Um, By the way, right. just one point on the halal. I know we're, we're wrapping it up here. But normally, for every holiday that we say halal, we say it in the morning. We say it during daytime because right. at, at nighttime is a time of hiddenness where we can't see that there's a lot of confusion, there's no light. Right. And Pesach is the only time, the night of Pesach, where we say halal at night. Okay. It's very unique with Pesach because Pesach is a, is a time of illumination. It's a time of complete clarity that right. even at night, it's like it's daytime. Some had the okay. custom not to even lock their doors at, overnight because they were that confident in God's, God's presence protection. and protection. It's called yep. the Leil Shimurim. It's a night of protection. Right. We're untouchables. Right. Hmm. It's like the... Uh, uh, it's, it's the evening that God, you know, the angel of death did not hit the Jewish home. So that, that same protection God, is playing God, out. God's still protecting outside every Jewish home. All right. Anything else you guys want to add a, to wrap up? Find a way every Pesach, every holiday, every Shabbos, find a way to make it special for every person who's going to be there. If you have guests coming, ask them if there's something, a bottle of wine that they like or something special. It shouldn't just be an ordinary day, an ordinary holiday, an ordinary Shabbos. Try to find a way to make it special. If there's a special uh, delicacy that they like, go out. If there's a delicacy that you like, treat yourself. It's Yom Tov. It's a holiday. Right. It's a time to feel that connection, to feel in a physical way and a spiritual way. Amazing. This was great, especially in the Torch Center, but I think maybe next year? In Jerusalem. Next year in Jerusalem. Let's do it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank right. you, Everything Rabbi. stays consistent. It's the Torah Outreach Resource Center of the Holy Land. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Torches. Thank you, Rabbis. We appreciate it. It's very helpful. Thank, Thank you. Everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Right. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.